This is episode number 471, Coaching with Michelle, Dating After Divorce, After a 24-Year Unhealthy Marriage. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Wiener. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you would like some support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book for you, and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. It's filled with 30 chapters, including stories, tips, exercises, all designed to help you step more fully into your value, which is really the place to be if you want to have the life or love life that you're desiring. And you can find it on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And this week's tip from the book is step number two, which is create a life that energizes you and fills you up. I really think this is one of the most important steps in really finding love is to first create that life. You want to wake up every day and feel like your life is great on its own without a partner. And I can tell you that after my divorce, I ended up going into this profession as a dating coach. And every day I wake up excited to get to work, to be able to change lives and make a difference. And so if you're doing something actually that creates change, any kind of positive change, that's a good thing. And it's never too late to do that. So my challenge to you this week is to figure out what you want to add to your life. If your life isn't already energizing you and whether it's something small or something big, just make one small step in the right direction. And before I bring Michelle on, I want to give a shout out to our Facebook group, Your Last First Date. Michelle is a member and it is a fantastic group, if I may say so myself. Um, I, when I started this group several years ago, I never had an any idea that it would grow to be this kind of beautiful, supportive space for women to come to, to really grow. And I had been a member of many other groups that just did not support me. And it was just basically a place to come and complain and get a lot of support for complaining. And that doesn't help you. So I created specific guidelines that help you to become a better partner, a better person on your journey to lasting love. So if that's something of interest to you and you're not yet a member, come and join us at your last first date. And uh, now for Michelle. Michelle has been brave enough to come here and um, get some, some coaching on re-entering the dating world after her 24-year marriage ended. So Michelle, Welcome and tell us a little bit about why you scheduled this coaching session. There is always the personal reasons, you know, you want to get help, but I also find value in sharing a story that someone else might also have. I think there are marriages that do end after a long time and uh, deciding to want to reconnect with somebody is a is a big decision, especially when you're, you haven't dated in these quote modern times and uh, <laughs> in, in the rules of engagement. And so I, I hope that by sharing my story, others can be uh, encouraged, helped, maybe question, unanswered questions uh, can get them thinking about different things as well. Awesome. Well, I love that you bring that up right away, that you're not just helping yourself. That you, you really have this um, beautiful heart that you want to share your story so that it will touch somebody else. And that says a lot about you before I even know you. Uh, so tell us, um, you said your, your divorce was not amicable. It wasn't healthy. Tell us a little bit about your marriage. And, the, yeah. and you also mentioned that you've done a lot of work already. So let's start with a little bit about what didn't work for you in the marriage, and, and then we'll talk about what you've learned along the way. Right. Um, we had met when we were still in high school, and I continued to go to college and made that promise to myself to not be married until I could support myself. So if I can give any kind of nugget of information for anybody that's having that financial security is also very important. And I believed that this was how the script went. 
And I also struggled with uh, wanting to start a family. He wanted to start one right away. And we had some issues uh, or I had issues. My body had issues and that was very painful. And I don't know if I quite processed the losses that I had um, at that time. And we did end up having two beautiful children who are now adults. Uh, and the struggles of being a working parent, a mom, and still doing all of the womanly things, I put the quote marks around that, and the career, and the children, and not having any kind of idea of how you're going to parent together before your parents added an incredible amount of stress. And thinking, how do I fix this? How do I make it better? How do I work through this while exhausted, while trying to juggle things is very stressful. And I applaud anybody who is in a relationship where the, there is a true partnership. And I will say that it didn't feel like a, a partnership. I felt like I was dragging and pulling in, in a lot of conflict and um, differences of opinion. And what I didn't recognize was some personality disorder, some emotional abuse. And I will fully admit my part of the, I was not nice to be around because everything would come to a head at different times. And I would try to go to therapy and try to process things and try to use different techniques. And there was a lot of hesitation from, from his end and wanting to try to improve things. I, there were a lot of signals that I knew that things weren't healthy. And the way that I've processed things now is I did the best that I could at that time. And I think that's true for a lot of us is to give ourselves that forgiveness. You do the best you can at that time. Yeah. Well, that's um, when I finally decided um, enough was enough. It was 10 years ago <laughs> when it was really enough was enough when I saw behavior that he exhibited towards me turned to my now adult daughter. It was oh. as if a lightning bolt struck down and hit me in the head. And I said, nope, I am, I'm no, not happening. So um, I encourage anybody that's in, I didn't even recognize what was emotionally abuse, abusive. And there are resources out there for women to try and get out of these situations and be prepared for the worst. And you have to have an incredible support system to do that. Mm -hmm. and resources. And although I was not in a um, physically abusive situation, I didn't feel physically threatened. The whole process of from announcing the divorce, I knew at that moment how I needed to continue to communicate and not communicate and call it stick to your guns. There were a couple conversations that I allowed to happen and they spiraled exactly how the support system uh, said what was going to happen. And when I say support system, I mean leaving, leaving uh, abusive partners and they have scripts on what is going to happen and what you can expect and what you need to do to prepare yourself. So it's, um, I, I don't regret where I'm at right now, how I did what I did, and it was extremely painful uh, for everybody yeah. in their own ways. Well, it sounds really, really stressful, really painful on many levels. Uh, first of all, struggling with some fertility issues, it sounds like in the beginning, and losses. You had miscarriages? I did, yes. Yeah, and that's, all of these things I think are when you don't have like um, you lose a child that somebody can see or you don't have physical abuse, they're kind of hidden from other people. And so it can feel like it's not as real mm -hmm. or as important. And I think a lot of times people will downplay 
mm-hmm. or not feel they have a right to be as distressed or as sad or as overwhelmed as we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, it's something I would love to shine a light on because I think emotional abuse in many ways is worse than physical abuse. Um, I too had a miscarriage um, early on in our marriage and then I had a physically handicapped, um, you know, genetically diseased child. And having gone through that, if you are not in in a solid partnership, you're, you're now dividing who you are. So I, I, I can, I understand the trajectory and I understand how you took on more and more mm-hmm. where he became harder to live with. Is yeah. that pretty much it? it? It is. And, and one other, I think key element here was the last ditch effort to try and for him to try and control because he did not want to be divorced two weeks before the judge signed and we had already gone to our final um, meeting with the, with the judge. In fact, he wanted to take it to trial and we are not wealthy people. We are, it is, he wanted to drag it out. His, his last stand was to share very personal things with our adult children. Mm. And my adult children left with him when he left where they believed what he had to say mm-hmm. and they estranged from me. My son is still estranged and my daughter recently reunited with me and she has come to the realization, why is he like this? What is wrong with him in reference to my ex-husband? So she's kind of come full circle with understanding Um, because I chose to not include them in any discussions and he chose to bring them into the middle of this. So now when I reference back to deciding it was over 10 years ago, I cannot imagine having to co-parent with somebody for 10 years of a child's or adolescent's life in this environment. So I, I feel for anybody that you know, the first rule is leave the kids out of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why folks do that. Our most wonderful and amazing part of our marriage is having these two lovely children and the incredible amount of hurt that he wanted to extract or inflict, excuse me, inflict on me through them, how one cannot see that just speaks to how incredibly um, damaged he is. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel for anybody that's gone through that, has gone through that. And I needed such support from a counselor, from family, and it just gets difficult to keep retelling the story over and over. And to keep taking the high road and just reach out to them. I'm still here for you if you need something from me. And it did help my daughter just, and I, she came and she wanted to talk and it was, that must be hard. Let's, you know, and get you help. And I'm so upset that so much pain had to be caused by him. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel for anybody in that position. Yeah. And I feel for you having gone through that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. so um, it's self-centered. It's not, not doing what's best for the children, mm-hmm. but doing what's best for somebody who wants to get revenge on mm-hmm. somebody he can't control anymore. Right. And that's really painful. And I'm glad your daughter came back. I'm also glad that she can now learn from you because you got support on how to deal with emotional abuse and because that's been her, her language and her experience. And you don't want her to repeat that in relationships. I'm sure. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Stello Mints. As a dating and relationship coach, I see how anxiety and stress can sabotage people's success in their romantic lives. 
So if you've been feeling more anxious lately, that's exactly what Stello Mints were made for. They're powered by CBD, and they're a fast and simple way to feel more calm and clear-minded throughout your day, and especially for a date with someone you like. And they come in three bold flavors, peppermint, lemon, and matcha. I got the lemon and they are delicious. And now for a limited time, you can actually get 15% off Stello Mints. Simply go to Stello Mints, that's S-T-E-L-L-O mints.com and use the coupon code last first date, all one word. That's Stello Mints with coupon code last first date for 15% off. So let's talk about dating after all this yeah, happens. Yeah. <laughs> so so fair, fair warning, or not fair warning, but to give some perspective, my divorce was final at the end of February of 2019. He moved out at the, at the, at the week of the shutdown. He was not even going to leave. Um, and then I lost my job. I was, I was, I was uh, excuse me, laid off. So it was as, the, as if the universe told me to sit home and rethink my life choices. And I look at it as an incredible gift. I needed so much time. So I, I didn't even consider wanting to date, wanting to see anybody in that way. I needed an, a lot of time for myself. So that time looked like for me, processing all of this this time looked like what do I need to do to be healthy and not rush into anything with anybody and kind of define what I think that means to date or what does it mean to see somebody what does it mean to try different things um so I would say only in the last month and a half have I even considered so it's been quite quite some time um that I took for myself and doing things that I enjoy and love. And so you, you entered the uh, uh, podcast here with the create a life that energizes and fills you up. You absolutely have to do that. There is no other person on this earth that is going to do that for you except yourself. Do create, I can't say enough about doing something creative. I don't know what that is for somebody. Um, try everything. <laughs> um, or enjoy watching something that's creative. There's something that to me that taps into our soul um, when you can do that and give yourself that gift. Uh, yeah. So what does it look like? I, I Apparently there are these apps out there <laughs> and I didn't read a whole lot about what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do. And I just put my most authentic self forward. I will reach out to people. I will talk to people. I will chat with them. But I do know that I do not want to text people on end. And I personally, I say there's going to have to be a video chat soon. And for, I liked the whole Zoom thing. I thought it was safer <laughs> <laughs> to actually see somebody first. Um, and I've been on uh, a few dates. So it was. Uh, and I went in and I always say this, I have high energy and low expectations. <laughs> I, I have high energy to meet somebody, connect, but I don't have any big expectations. I'm not looking for a life partner at this time. I enjoy my being alone, living on my own right now. I enjoy uh, sharing something with somebody, sharing a meal, talking. And, and for me, that's what's working at this point. Well, it sounds like, sounds like you have a lot of good things in place already. You're, you've done a lot of work on yourself. You have spent some time trying to figure out what you want. You know you don't want to spend forever chatting and texting and you want to get to see somebody right away, which is all good. You mentioned something in your, um, when you applied to be coached about that you might be intimidating or scaring off potential dates because you're well-educated financially secure and independent. So say mm -hmm. more about that. Yeah, I I think that and I and I do have some sympathy, empathy for for men for especially my age group, I'm 51, is they have their preconceived notions of how a dating or courtship occurs. 
and it does revolve around who pays, who asks out first, who takes care of this. And so I, I dated someone who was 32 and someone that was 58. And there is a significant difference in the behavior and the, I want to call them rules of engagement. So I find it, I find it like just interesting, like just to notice the differences and try to do away with, well, I got this and I, you know, I'll pay for that. Um, and then I thought if someone is intimidated by me or I, and it isn't working out, I'm of the firm belief that a rejection is a gift. Why would I want to chase after something that's not mutually enjoyable? Uh-huh. I, I, I don't, um, if I'm not, I call it, if I'm not someone's jam, then that's their, that's their issue, not mine. Right, <laughs> right. Um, so either, either you click with somebody or you don't. And sometimes it takes a few times to see somebody. And like I said, I come in with the high energy of who I am. I don't try to hide it. Um, but I, the expectations aren't, you know, I don't want to overthink it, but I do have to say that that being said, I do want to hear that. Are they going to answer the text? You know, there's that whole, you know, misinterpretation of, well, what did that mean? And so that's a new situation for me. And anytime I find myself getting a little caught up in that, I say, okay, just go do something else. Quit worrying, quit worrying about that. Yeah. So I'm not really hearing any real problems here. It sounds like. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the problems when, when they come up, um, I try to rationalize what really is the issue here and it's the is this person interested in me not interested in me and I I tend to have a negative bias unless it's hits me in the head you know and no I like you you know I need to I need to express that I you know we I spent uh like three hours with somebody and I said well I wasn't sure if you like me he goes why would I spend three hours with you if I didn't like you I said I don't know I'll talk to anybody for three hours because just based on my job and what I do I talk to people all day long so what yeah. kind of work do you do I'm in in the healthcare field so I do outpatient testing for I do cardiac and then I also do some oncology imaging which I will say gives me great perspective we are here for such a short amount of time and our health is so important. And to me, a, if we call it a bad date where you didn't connect, where you got out and got to see somebody and you're up and moving around and you, you see something, you do something, it's not the end of the world. Um, so I try to keep a little perspective in mm-hmm. that way. Um, that being said, moving from the more casual situation to more intimate situation for me is a whole different because all the body image, the age, all of those things tend to crop up. And I will say that that's my next hurdle that I need to come to terms with and be okay with who I am body image wise. So um, again, being 51, having had children, I am who I am. And Clothing can make you look a lot different than when you don't have clothing. <laughs> yeah. So if there's, if there's issues, I would say that my body issues are probably more the, I guess, issue would be the, the word. <laughs> so there's a little bit of fear there that if you take off yeah. your clothes, the guy may not, yeah, yeah. may not accept your body. Right. And, and then for me to get to that point of, of that vulnerability, it means that I've gone through a lot of gatekeepers of getting to that, mm-hmm. you know, so that's where there is that bit of expectation does, does creep, does start to creep in like, uh, yeah. And, and so that's, that's sex stuff and that's intimacy stuff. And that's, I would say more difficult for me to talk about and express but I think that that's true in any relationship. I mean, it's, we aren't given the tools to have, you know, our sex education isn't sex education. It's don't do it education or it's negative (laughs) education or don't get sick education. Yeah. Yeah. So something I'm noticing as we talk is that you, um, 
you see you get you see the silver lining in everything and um, almost to the point where I feel like there's a lack of of wanting to go into the vulnerability yep. of yourself right so it's like oh but that's okay because yes yeah. and here I'm going to share my story because everybody else will benefit so yep. it's like <laughs> yep yep it's, it, I become more of the, the big picture person instead of trying to really focus and hone in. And I think that's a, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to uh, appear needy. I don't want, you know, all of those, those little things bubble up. Yeah. So I want to say that none of that is selfish. And in fact, I think when you rationalize everything, you're actually taking yourself away from real vulnerability, which is how you create intimacy. And so I think that it is hard to just let it all out. And so I want to talk a little bit about what vulnerability looks yeah. like, because I think it's a very misunderstood term when it especially comes to dating. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think vulnerability is I share my life story with you. I barely know you. And here's what happened to me. And oh, my God, and my ex did this. And that's not vulnerability. That's oversharing. That's yep. boundary crossing. Yes. And that means that you're connecting with somebody based on your wounds and not on who you really are. Yes. It means you're also processing your stuff still and you're doing it with other people that like you're on dates with. So Right. And and I to be honest, I or not to, to be clear, I have a, a, a script knowing that I could do that is speaking about my ex in a very neutral way and and keeping off of that topic if it should come up. I'm very, very clear. It was an unhealthy relationship. It needed to end. We're better apart. It's healthier for both of us. And I don't go into it. And this happened and this happened. I was more open here as you ask questions. Yeah. Um, and I do not do that on dates. No, that's I, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the way you shared that is exactly how I would advise you if you were my client. And I would end on... And I'm looking forward to having a really healthy relationship with the right man. So it's sharing very little about what happened. Absolutely. Here's where I am now. And yes. here's what I'm looking forward to. Yes. And so um, I'm wondering if your conversations on dates are more like about, oh, I'm really high energy and let's talk yeah. about yeah. fun stuff. And yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So tell me a little bit about like, how does the dating conversations how do they tend to go? Like, what do you talk about? What, it, what how are you connecting? So I've been on four dates. Okay. <laughs> one and, and one um, with another uh, gentleman. And so one was just a first date. And for me, a first date is just how, how are you connecting? And do you want to see this person again? So mm -hmm. I try to try to do that. Um, and being very vulnerable during a first date to me is a, probably a little bit too much. <laughs> so the conversations are, you know, I, I, I know we tend to find this, well, what do you do for a living? But, you know, it's, we get into these scripts and then, um, and men love to talk about what they do for a living and how they, I, I mean, I'm glad that they have some kind of living and, you know, I, I'll say I work in healthcare. Um, what is, because of the pandemic, I find it uh, comforting that we're all just now getting back out for most part. I know some people have broken a lot of rules and I think it's important just to say, how, how were you, how'd you, how was your pandemic experience? How are you feeling now? How are you, um, were you alone? For a long time and just say that I think it's important and we talk about it and I use the analogy I don't say this at the date but after a woman has a baby you want to tell that story over and over and over because it's that you've just been through such a major thing and retelling that story it just is a really good way to process it and I don't think men have had to do that before often this you know major disruption in their lives that was so hard. And I've seen, even just in general talking to men, not even for dating, there's, there's, they're processing a lot too. And uh, they didn't know what to do with themselves. And I think opening that channel, if you want to call it to just 
just talk about it and how did you feel and what did you do and um so other other than that topic for dates it's you know what I like to say that it, it seems so much more important than these jobs that all of a sudden were taken away or you were sent home and you couldn't, you didn't have the job that defined you. You know, what did we turn to? We turned to, well, we watched a lot of Netflix, but that's the arts. I said, that's so important. Um, and I'm a creative and I do artistic things on the side as well. And I like to talk about those things. And I like to know what did they do that's taps into that, so. Oh, those are all those are all good topics. I will say that getting into a deep feelings related conversation puts you into the role that you are at work, which is a caretaker. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't want to be you don't want to put yourself into his therapist. Sure. Um, and so that's a fine line that we walk, you know, there's like, okay. it's lovely to tap in because it is something that you want to know, but you also don't want to get too deep. When I, when I talk about vulnerability on a very beginning of a relationship of the first date, that could look like I'm a little nervous today um, meeting you, or I've had such a um, a hard day at work. I'm so excited to meet you today. Um, I'm really looking forward to a, you know, a great conversation. Just kind of tapping more into your feelings than feeling mm -hmm. like you have to take care of him because I feel like that's a natural role you fall into. I can, I can you know. see. <laughs> Here you are like teaching my podcast mm -hmm. listeners and, and taking care of them. And so I think like focus back on Michelle mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. on you and how you're feeling and, um, and just share little, little things like that. I think talking about your passions is, is a very warm, feminine, um, you know, it's like a feminine energy when we use that word to, mm -hmm. to, to share, like I, can I share with you something I'm really excited I'm working on right now? And then you could say to him, what are you working on that excites you? Mm -hmm. So when we have these work conversations, they, they're really boring. They mm -hmm. tell you nothing about the person. Mm -hmm. People go into a very fact-based, I do this. That's yeah. not who you are. It's what you do. And so right. I'm a lawyer. I'm a healthcare worker. I'm a doctor. I don't care. I, I don't care where you went to school. Nothing, none of that tells me anything about who you are inside. And so when you share what you love about the work you do, or you can say, um, you know, I get to make a difference in people's lives, or um, I love being, you know, the awareness I have of my own health and how mm -hmm. grateful I am every day when I wake up with high energy. Mm -hmm. And then you can just say, what are you grateful for? Like, you know, you get into gratitude or what are you yeah. looking forward to? And yeah but trying to keep the conversation less on you being the listener and the, the therapist and the, let, yeah. me, let me take care of you because that will determine how you are in relationship and you don't want to go back there. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. And, and I'm also keying into um, the time that one, the literal how much time does someone speak versus I speak. Mm -hmm. And that shows a genuine interest when the other person would like to hear what you have to say and asks those open-ended questions. And that definitely um, helps me determine if there's an interest beyond, you know, the interview type of date situation, I call it. Right. So um, vulner bringing vulnerability back into that, 
a lot of times people will talk incessantly when they are nervous. Yeah. Not just self-centered. Yeah. We can easily assume they don't care about me. They're just talking about themselves. A lot of times, especially men, men who, you know, you said it before, men don't always share these things with other people. They don't share with their male friends. Let me tell you about my emotions. Yes. But yes. here's this lovely woman who's saying, tell me how you feel. And they're like, right. let me vomit out <laughs> my life. Right? Yeah. 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 So, so a lot of times it's really about how you guide the conversation. And mm -hmm. so redirecting interrupting and saying, wow, uh, that's a really interesting story. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that I think, you know, if we know each other better, I'd like to hear more about that. Mm -hmm. For now, I'd like to focus on some fun things that we've done. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can share, you know, the last fun thing I did was this and see if he asks you a question. Right. If you, if you interrupt a man and he gets annoyed at you. Yes that's a good sign <laughs> that he's not somebody who, right. you know, right. he might be controlling. He might be, he doesn't like to be told what to do. Right. Uh, he can't be redirected, you know, and you've come from emotional yes. abuse. So yes. you want somebody who is able to hear feedback, and, yes. you know, presented in a kind yes. way. I, I'm very cued into those, those little turns that, you can see or or just something that's a little bit irritating um you know we were out and we wanted to go somewhere else but i needed to use the ladies room and a lot of places were closed so he was driving his car i was driving my car and where i could have imagined the situation in the past i could visualize how how much that would have escalated into an argument and escalated into much more than just trying to find an open place that has a restroom and a discussion and just watching that reaction of well this is a ridiculous situation this fast food place is closed that's closed let's go here and it just their reaction of oh okay that's a great idea i'll meet you there and just that neutral oh we had to drive to two places big deal um, I knew enough to, it wasn't a test. It just ended up being somewhat of a little bit of a, a little bit of a test of how a little bit of a stress, a little bit of a different, a little bit of a wrench in a plan. How do they react? Mm -hmm. Um, and that was very comforting for me to recognize that difference. Like, oh, this doesn't have to have evolve into a, a breakdown and a meltdown and uh, something else. Um, mm -hmm. So I know that I, I, I've come a, a little ways with being able to recognize, um, but I still felt that that stress in me of, oh, I know how this would have gone in the past. Yeah. And it's going to, it's like PTSD. It's going to come yeah. back. Right? Yes. Yeah. And my curiosity about this is, did you share with this man how you felt? after he was flexible? Um, I, I did not for, I felt that that would have delved into the category of my ex was like this. And I that, certainly don't want to do that. So that's in your like, head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, and um, it was something for me to understand, recognize and appreciate the difference. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you yeah. to share those kinds of experiences. That's yeah. vulnerability again. Right. Not, I'm so used to men not being flexible that I appreciate right. you being flexible. Right, right, All right. All I need to say is I really appreciate your flexibility. That means yeah. a lot to me. That's yeah. it. Yes. And, and what it does is not only is it sharing first of all, you're giving him a compliment, you're yeah. appreciating, which yeah. uh, everybody's going to feel good when they're appreciated. Yeah. But the other thing that it does is it's training whoever you're with to keep repeating good behaviors. Uh, yeah, that positive reinforcement. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that, you know, we're on to something with this vulnerability thing. It's, it's one yeah. of the hardest things that we do. But I think when you come to the table, not because you're independent, you're all these things, and that's intimidating. Mm -hmm. I think what could be off-putting is when you appear to have it all together and not mm -hmm. really need a man. 
I think you're right. I a hundred percent agree with you. And that's where I'm trying to navigate, you know, that genuine compliment that, and, and, and that, like you said, that positive reinforcement, um, because when you're with somebody, there is, you do end up needing each other, but I don't mean like need, like you can't do it on your own kind of thing. It's just, yeah. Yeah. You need to have a place for a man in your life or he's not going to feel needed. Correct. And so, and then I heard you mention needy before, and I want to just differentiate the difference between needy and having needs, because this gets very confused out there in the dating world. Everyone has needs. You have, you have a need for many things in your life. You have a need for kindness and consideration. You have a need for good communication, for compassionate, you know, I'm, I'm just, from what you've shared with me, I'm, I'm guessing on some of your needs. Sure. And that's good. It's good to know, like, you have a need for somebody who's not rigid. You have a need for somebody who's flexible. That's right. a need. And when that need is met, it makes you feel a certain way, it makes you feel happy. It makes you feel at peace. It makes you feel trust. Mm-hmm. And trust after being in a, an abusive relationship is huge. And so the ways that you build trust are by having your needs met in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Needy is when your needs are not met and then you get really grouchy like you did in your marriage because yes. you were taking on too much. You took on everything and then now you're pissed off because the other person isn't meeting your needs. And so, you know, that's when you start feeling needy and whiny and I don't know how to get my needs met. Correct. So being with a healthy person who is kind and considerate, you express needs, he expresses needs, you both express feelings. And if your needs are not met, he may not understand that he did something wrong until you tell him. Mm -hmm. And if he takes it in well and accepts it, then that's a great thing. So that's where you're, you know, when you're dating, you're going to learn more and more which men which men are going to be open to flexibility? Which men are going to be open to hearing feedback? Yes. Um, you know, that doesn't work for me. Can I tell you what works better? Yes. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't go in cars with men I never met before. Can I tell you, can I meet you there? Right, right. You know, and then you have the man who's going to say, no, I insist on picking you up. Well, then I guess we're not a good match. Yes. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I definitely know where my comfort levels are and where my edges of, um, yeah, of those kinds of things. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm going to pause here for a moment because we've talked about a lot of different things and um, just ask you what you're taking away so far from this conversation. My number one thing is, is the vulnerability piece and fine tuning what that will look like for me personally. And I, and I knew that going in and I know that, and I, and I have been trying to do some inner work on that um, because it's a scary place to be when there's some um, pain there. Mm -hmm. And um, so that is something I definitely want to uh, work on better. And, and that'll allow more genuine connection rather than, yeah, we like this and we like this and we like that and we like that, you know, and, and, I, and I understand that piece. That really, really hit hard. So it's really in the forefront of my, my thought bubble right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's where a lot of people struggle. And especially if you don't, um, if you didn't have a healthy relationship, there's, you know, the, the TED talk that I did about being a Tootsie Pop is the, that's the analogy of when you're soft on the inside, you become hard on the outside to protect protect your heart, the armor. And so the armor doesn't just come off. The armor can't come off without strengthening internally. Mm -hmm. And I know you've done a lot of work to strengthen internally and still the stuff comes back. And so every time it comes back, I, I want to give you some homework. Okay. So whenever you have this, this thought, you know, this guy's going to be just like my ex or mm-hmm. um, I can't trust him or he's going to do this, really ask yourself, is this true? Right. And do I have any evidence mm-hmm. 
that supports that this is 100% true. And so if you don't, Mm -hmm. and you probably won't, (laughs) Um, then I encourage you to get curious with this person. Yeah. And ask questions. And what did you mean by that? Like when you were saying before about the texts and he doesn't, I don't know what he meant by that. Just ask. Yeah. Because the more, and that's also vulnerable. Like I'm going to make up a story in my head and the story I'm making up is, yeah, the story I'm telling myself is he doesn't like me or he rejected me or he's, he's not texting back because he's found another woman or whatever we make up. Right. Yeah. I, I like to say, um, to help me move forward is I get curious before I get angry, get mm-hmm. curious first, ask questions. And, and it doesn't mean I do this perfect. I don't, I, I falter and, um, and I go back to, and I'm doing the best that I can mm-hmm. and be gentle <laughs> with ourselves and just, um, yeah, I'd like to get curious. And I also do the, the story that I'm telling myself is this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you have a lot of tools, Michelle. I, I know I get all of those words, and 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 I'm and I feel so much better. And I knew over time that I eventually would would get to this point. Um, so if yeah, so I'll go back to the there is light at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> and it's okay to have expectations, yeah. just realistic ones. Realistic. So. Yeah. Having high energy is great, but if you come in and your energy isn't so high, that's also yeah. okay. Yeah. And it's also okay to be nervous and it's also okay to, yeah. to feel nothing, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. you know, to be on a date and go, you know, you seem like a lovely person. I'm not feeling it. Um, yeah. And I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. yeah. Like work on bringing your full self, not the, the buttoned up, perfect yeah. independent woman. Right. And to let men know that you are creating space in your life for a man, like the things, you know, even talking about the things that you would love to do with a man, mm-hmm. the, you know, what, what's one thing that you would love to do with a partner? As, as if we're in a relation, a romantic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'd like to be open enough to have very, comfortable discussions about what we want intimacy wise and finding someone that's willing and open with me and curious with me and grow together for that great connection that folks can can have as anybody can put part a into part b but i i'd like that to be a a much more fulfilling and sensual and um you know, creating that safe space where it's, we're the team, you know, whatever problem there is, the problem is X, but we're the team. So that's, yeah. I mean, and, and am I ready for something like that right now? I, I don't know. Uh, but when I think about being in a partnership with somebody, and I, I call it that an actual partnership, it's, I got your back, your best cheerleader in, in anything. Um, and I would want to provide that for someone as well. Mm-hmm. I have no fear that you will provide. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do sense that it's a little scary to dream of this partnership here. Yeah. And that's why this low expectations, it's fine. You yeah. know, and again, it's like yeah. you're dismissing a little bit of what you really want, maybe to right. protect yourself. You, you, I think you hit that right there. And, and I thought, you know, in the beginning stages here of just getting out, I think it's okay for me to do these. I don't want to call them practice dates, but just, just dating, just getting out there without this, oh, I'm looking for my, my co-partner in life, you know, you know, I want to be honest about that. And I think that's an okay place to be now for me as well. Yeah. I know. And I I do think getting out there and dating is the first step. And without the expectation that if he's not that person, then it's a disappointment because you, you are learning and you are growing and, but, but having that clear definition of partnership 
mm-hmm. is also important, even on these so-called practice dates. Right, right. Because you're you're looking for qualities and you're noticing flexibility is important to me. So the next part of your homework is to is to start debriefing your dates by writing down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's here's what I liked about this guy. Here's mm-hmm. what would never work for me. Maybe you know there there are these qualities that don't work, but I like these three things, and I notice that that's an important partnership quality for me. And so having that in your in your mind as you come into dating is going to help you to find him. Because if you're, if you keep coming in with low expectations, then it'll be this kind of nebulous yeah, that's true. thing. And so it's good to have the vision, mm-hmm. but also to accept that each man is going to be your teacher along the road. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think everyone that we get to meet along our paths serves some kind of benefit to our lives, even when it was an extremely painful process. <laughs> Um, there's, there's lessons to have been learned there and, and gifts as well. Yeah. So you want to really let men know that you're making room in your life for a relationship that you really are looking forward to doing some fun things together to having the kind of conversations, maybe you're having one-on-one date and you say, you know, this kind of conversation I'm really love, you know, just that we're, we're able to be ourselves together. And that means a lot to me. Right, mm-hmm. using those those appreciation words and and reinforcing behaviors that you are looking for, and I think that the more you date, and if you keep showing up with more vulnerability, with more of I do have a vision, but I'm also accepting that it may take time to find him, mm-hmm. and I'm also finding me along the way. Sure. You know, and so finding you looks like taking another layer off the shield Mm -hmm. of perfection Mm -hmm. and, and, and then having a man really see, oh, you know, maybe he wants to show up and be a provider for you or protector. Mm -hmm. And that makes him feel like a man. And Mm -hmm. so you're allowing a man to show up and be a man, which is not something you had in your partnership before, which what didn't feel like partnership. Right. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm excited for your future. I, you know, it sounds like you're integrating things very quickly and you're willing to get out there and to put yourself out there. And I think with making these little tweaks along the way will help you to get to your last first date. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, keep us posted, do your homework. Yes. And uh, great. And thank you for, for sharing you know, and, and being willing to be open so that other people can learn from your experience, yeah. but most importantly, that you yeah. will learn from this experience. Yes, yes. yes. I, I know I have my specific Michelle homework that I need to do. Yes. All right, Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. If you love our show, please rate and review us, subscribe to the show, and we hope you go on your last first date very soon.